Thank you. Good evening. <clears throat> wow, that was tremendous, the worship. I was crying the whole time there under the presence of God. <laughs> if I start crying here, don't be alarmed, okay? It's just the Holy Spirit moving. First of all, uh, I must say that, you know, I really didn't, preaching is not my strength, okay? And I didn't want to do it, okay? But God has called me. He said, I want you to preach, okay? So I've been telling God, you can do whatever you want with me, okay? Be careful when you pray that kind of prayer because he will take you out of your comfort zone. And he has really taken me out of my comfort zone in terms of preaching. The first two times, I think, was a great disaster. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I'll do, I'll be a donkey for you, Jesus. You know, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Yes, it's not, it's not my ability, it's his, right? Yeah, he'll just grow you into it. Like what Pastor John said, actually, I wanted to, to, I was set on preaching something else, but God turned the direction around and he said no he said i want you to preach on godlessness in the end times wow that is a serious topic okay and um we as believers we need to discern the times we do not know exactly when god is going to come but he gives signs in the heavenlies around us to tell us that he is coming back soon who believes that jesus is coming back soon hallelujah praise the lord and he wants us to be ready and he wants us to be prepared and he want he wants our houses to be in order so that we don't miss out okay he doesn't want anyone to miss out okay but I don't think anyone will dispute with me that this world is crazy. Who says it's not? Anyone says not? No, I think it is. And it's getting crazier. You know, I'm much older than some of you here. And I know 30 years ago and now, things have changed so rapidly, okay? And this is not something new to God. Godlessness is not something new to God. Because in the Bible, there are events in the Bible that have been written about godlessness. And God wanted me to, to show you three events or three stories found in the Bible. It's not a historical story. It is something for us to learn from. True? Old Testament Revelation in the new and in us, right? The first story is found in Genesis 11. It is called the Tower of Babel. We, most of us know that story. This is talking about the descendants of Noah. They were living in Babylon in a, in a land called Shinar. The population at that time was growing and they spoke one language, one language, okay? But the people were arrogant 
arrogant and prideful. They decided to build a tall, proud symbol of how great their nation was. So they wanted to build a tower to reach the heavens. Okay, pride, arrogance. Luke talked about it a few weeks ago. Pride is not a good thing. And God, do you think God is happy? No, because they left God out of the equation. They say, we can do it. We can do it. All right. So God wasn't happy. So what did God do? God caused confusion amongst them. Okay. That's why it's called Babel. Babel means to confuse. They started speaking in different languages. They couldn't understand each other anymore. And from that, they were scattered through the land. They were not united anymore. And you know that Tower of Babel was never completed. Never completed. And it lied in ruins. One part of the, the tower sank to the ground. Another part was burned. And another stood until the destruction of Babylon. Futile. Okay? What has it got to do with us today? You know, the Tower of Babel reflects humans' arrogance and pride and our humanistic values. I can do everything myself. Depending on self and not God. We often hear people saying, Nothing is going to stop me from pursuing my dreams, not even God. Have you heard that before? Okay, they will not stop at anything. Or, or some preachers motivate their flock to say, be the best that you can ever be. Reach for the stars. But they forgot one thing. There was no Jesus inside. Okay, it's not good. If you reach for the stars, you know, Jesus wants you to be successful too, you know, but with him together, right? It's not without him. It has to be with him. All right. So what has happened? Humanism. Do you see us? Do you see it around us? Yeah. The self is so prominent. The self, the self has become our own gods. Worship of self, okay? Some of the words that we come across, self-gratification, right? Please yourself. Self-promotion, okay? Self-indulgence. Self-advancement. Nothing new, right? But also self-destruction. Implode, okay? That's where you get words like selfie, okay? We, we can't have enough. Everywhere we go is selfie, 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 okay? Until you fall down the ditch, still selfie, right? Yeah. Or that Kath and Kim thing, look at me, look at me, look at Moi, yeah? And all kinds of media promoting self. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and 
other paid sites that are not healthy, don't go there even. Okay, and it's no wonder there is so much confusion in society today. People are confused to the point they can't even decide what gender they belong to. Is that it? Am I a he or him or a shim? Okay. If you don't obey God, there will always be confusion in your life. I know that. I'm going to tell you my testimony afterwards. And in most cases, it will lead to a mess. Okay. The confusion will bring mess. And we do see it around us. An acceleration of confusion amongst even young children in anxiety, depression, mental health, and all the ADD, ADHD, I don't know how many Ds they want to put, okay? All the Ds are there, okay? And young people, you know, they, they, they are so confused. They don't know what to hope for any, anymore. They don't know what is the purpose of life. So many are taking their lives nowadays, you know. You see it all around you. And because there is no hope, because they have defied God, they have put themselves first, you know, there's a confusion. And lives are ruined, families are ruined, confusion abounds. Because we have defied God and His ways. Does this not look like the story of the Tower of Babel? Doesn't it look like that, right? I can do everything, but what happens? Confusion and destruction, okay? It reminds me of my own story. Some of you have heard of my story, but some of you have not. I received Christ at a very young age of 16 years old. I was born into a Buddhist family, but God called me from a very young age. But I made an error in my life because I decided to marry a man that is not of God's choice. Okay, it was disobedience. And of course, things unraveled really quickly. And not long after, uh, well, it was quite a number of years and I did suffer abuse and other things as well. Of course, we went our separate ways, okay? When this happened, I was angry with God, and I was angry with the church, because sometimes the church don't, do not understand what you are going through, okay? Instead, they judge you, you know, they label you, okay? And... Uh, you know, God doesn't judge me, but why, why do the people in the church judge me and label me, right? So I was very hurt. So I walked away from God, from, for decided to walk away from God. I made a choice to walk away from God. I told God myself, look God, I don't want you in my life anymore. I can do it myself and my own ways. You know? And God, and it's like that. Frank Sinatra's song, my, my brother's favorite, I did it my way, isn't it? Wow, what suffering followed. Truly, it was not good. And I was 
in all kinds of darkness, practicing all kinds of darkness, not proud, not, uh, not a good time, okay? And the more I tried, the more my life unraveled, okay? Because God allows us, if you want to be disobedient, He will try to correct you, but if you persist, He will let you go, okay? I was very miserable and confused and depressed. You won't believe there was a time I was medicated for depression. At least for five years under severe drugs. But now I'm free, you know? No drugs. God has healed me, you know? But during that time, because I told God that I could do everything by myself, and I did try, everything went wrong, okay? I had so many problems, it just wouldn't stop. First, I had problems with Kim, <laughs> that was, she was going through her rebellion, I was going through mine, I wasn't a very good mom, okay? I don't blame her, I, I blame myself, okay? It, it, it was not good, and my relationship with her was so strained, you know, but praise God, God has even healed that relationship, okay? And you can go up to Kim and ask him, ask her, sorry, ask her, uh, not ask him, <laughs> ask her, you know, she's, we are best of friends, okay? You know, even... Driving got me to courts, driving on the road. You know, when your life unravels, everything unravels, okay? When the tra traffic cops, I was booked, <laughs> was, I was summoned to Burwood Court, but nothing happened out there, God's grace. Uh, I think I resisted the police. <laughs> I think I tried to attack them even. <laughs> See what happens? Not proud, isn't it? Pastor Carey attacking police cops. <laughs> that was before, that was in my past, okay? So I'm not the same person anymore. Praise the Lord. That was kicked it out, it's in my past. Okay? And uh, like, people don't believe my story, my life story, but I tell it is 100% true, okay? It's more dramatic than the bold and the beautiful. <laughs> really, it is. I'm not joking, yeah? So, I was uh, once robbed in my apartment at Knife Point, okay? Knife Point. I was, thank God for His grace and mercy, even though I didn't Really, I wasn't following him. He still had grace and mercy upon me. I was almost raped and murdered in my apartment, okay? Thank God it didn't happen. And then I got sick, very, very sick. Some of you know that story. In 2006, I had um, hepatitis and rheumatoid arthritis as a result of my hepatitis treatment. But, you know, I was at the end of myself, really end of, the, end of myself. I could not work for three months. 
my credit card was maxed out to 7,000. I wasn't even allowed to spend another 10 cents. No, maxed out, okay? I didn't know where to turn. Okay, in my, in my lack of hope, one day I was crying. I remembered and God spoke to me very clearly. God speaks to people despite our disobedience. He does speak to us. And he said to me, Carrie, I have always loved you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. At that point, I surrendered myself once more to God. I said, God, I'm so sorry. I come back to you. I commit my life back to you. And that was how many years ago? 15 years ago that I've turned back to God. And you know what? God has healed every part of my life. Every part of my life. Every part. Finances healed. Relationship healed. Being single mom healed. Got a husband. <laughs> Sickness healed. Disease healed. No ministry. Given a ministry. <laughs> you say reluctant prophet. I'm the reluctant prophet, okay? I say, God, don't look at me, okay? But God said, no, I want you to do this for me, okay? Everything, you know, God is good. Amen? Amen. Secondly, the sec second story is about Sodom and Gomorrah. We are living in such times like that, okay? It talks about Sodom's depravity. Where the men of the city, I, I can't even believe when I read the Bible, but this is in the Bible. Where the men of the city wanted to have sex with the two angels who visited Lot. Wow, how depraved is that, right? How depraved. And instead, Lot, who would do that actually, but offered his two virgin daughters to them, to the men of the city. He was willing to offer his daughters, but the men refused. The men of the city refused. So the angels struck the men with blindness. God was so angry with the wickedness that he decided to destroy all the two cities and all its inhabitants. But Abraham interceded and pleaded with God. And there was only Lot's family that was righteous and his family was saved except for his wife who decided to turn back and look and she became a pillar of salt. What can we learn from this story? Because we are living in such times as well. Because the world is full of evil, wickedness, and sexual depravity. I don't want to name them because you know, okay? And, but it all starts from something seemingly harmless. You think it's harmless, but it is not. It's a four-letter word. It's longer, but it's shortened to four-letter word. Starts with P. What is that? Pastor John, come on, pick your brains. Porn, yeah, porn. 
It starts with that. Okay? Watching porn is a sin. Okay? And research has shown that consistent watching actually alters your brain. It changes your brain, okay, inside. So this, this is not harmless because it leads to all kinds of other sin. It leads to fornication, it leads to rape, it leads to abortion. This kind of self-centered indulgence, pride and a lack of shame over sin are the new emblems of the Western world. People are not shameful. Okay? They, say, they announce sin. Sin in the Western country is legalized and celebrated. Okay? It's celebrated. And this is uh, what Ruth Graham, she's the wife of um, Billy Graham, said. If God doesn't punish America, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Can I read that to you again? If God doesn't punish America, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? It's not about America. It's about Australia and all other countries who are involved in sin. Okay? God's punishment and judgment is there, but at the same time, his grace too, right? Yeah. Right, the third story is about the golden calf in Exodus 32. This Bible story is revealing of human nature and the tendency of people to stray away from devotion of God. As the Israelites became impatient with Moses, they decided to make a new God to go before them. So what did they do? They melted their God and make an idol of a golden calf. They worshipped it, danced, and sacrificed to it. It was their new god. And this golden calf is, is like a cow, isn't it? It's symbolic of Baal, idol worship, fertility, and mammon. The people were worshipping a created thing rather than the creator. Who created the animals? God. But they are worshipping the animals instead of worshipping God. Okay? And needless to say, God's wrath was burning hot against these stiff-necked people. And he wanted to consume them. And once more, Moses pleaded with God to have mercy. But even then, 3,000 men were slaughtered that day and the chapter ends with a plague being cursed upon the Israelites. Okay? It, didn't, it wasn't good. What is idolatry? So the golden calf also tells us about idolatry. Okay? Uh, idolatry is not new. Okay? It is worshipping something that is created rather than the creator. And it ensnares, it's like a snare, it's like a trap that takes you from loving God or putting Him first. Idolatry might not be a thing. 
It can be anything that takes your attention away from God, right? It can be your relationships, can be your career, okay? It can be your phone, can be your iPad. If you swipe all the time, be careful, it's, has that become an idol, okay? Um, it can be social media. If you are spending 10 hours a day on social media, that could become your idol, okay? Or it could be even your animals, could be my kitten. <laughs> Warning to Pastor John. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. All right. So anything that removes you from putting God first. So as you know, the world idolizes something. It's called mammon. All right. The world worships mammon and the success of mammon. Is that true? Yeah. Money, sad to say, can be the root of all evil. Okay? We do need money, but we don't need to have a lot of money. And it's more difficult in the Bible, it says, Jesus says, it's more difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom, right? Because they don't want to be, you know, separated. Money or materialism has become their God. The focus of money. I know that I come from an Asian family. Asian families idolize money. No money, no talk. It's true. No money, no talk. Okay? And you... My dad has passed away, but, you know, he, he was something like that as well, you know. But people judge you by your house, your location of your house, your car, what you drive, and the clothes that you wear. We sometimes, we look at wealthy and famous people and we say, wow. Look, wow, the houses they live in, wow, the boats they have. But if you look closer, they may be the unhappiest people in the world. Because despite their fame and fortune, their personal and family life are in ruins. They are actually miserable. They are so medicated by substance, drugs, and alcohol. Now, this is a true story. I have a neighbor down the road who has since moved. He invited me into his house, and right smack in the middle of the house, there was a golden cat. No, golden calf, golden cat. You know the one that goes like this? Have you seen that one? In the Chinese restaurants? Yep. But this one is big, literally big. It's like that high, one meter. Okay? And you know what? He feeds the cat every day. It's an idol, right? But he feeds, there is a slot machine there. He feeds money into that cat. And supposedly to bring him a blessing. Okay? That's how crazy people can get. All right? 
So, sad to say, even Christians and the church, we are caught up in this idolatry. We are caught up in prosperity theology. We all know what is that, right? And we have compromised in all the areas above. Humanism, pride and mammon. We have heard phrases like, you know, I've never heard these kind of phrases, but recently, celebrity preachers in the church where the focus is upon men and not on God, okay? Seeker-friendly, we have to play nicey-nicey with uh, people coming to church. We are not allowed to talk about sin. We are not allowed to sing about the blood of Christ because it, it, it costs them to leave the church. What? We are fearful of men? No, we fear God, not men, right? Messages that tickle the ears. Have you heard that term? Tickle the ears? Okay, because it sounds good. It sounds good, but it doesn't do anything, okay? Another term, bumps on seats. Just get as many people in, okay? But there's no presence, no presence of God. God doesn't want to be there, only human beings there, okay? And what else? Plain church. That is dangerous, playing church. We don't have time to play church anymore. We have to be real with God. And when I look, you know, I actually prepared the study notes for the life group, okay? That's why you see it's like a, a teacher's manual, isn't it? <laughs> Looks like a teacher's manual. But when you look at the church in the book of Acts, they had nothing. They had nothing. They had only the Holy Spirit to lead and guide them. They walked in the direction of the Holy Spirit and look what happened to them. God used them so powerfully. And the last lesson that we, did, that we learned was raising of the dead. Okay, wow, powerful. It hasn't happened in this church, but one day it will happen. Yes. Amen? Yes. yes. Praise God. So, and we don't, we, we don't have time, we, don't, we, we can't do that playing church anymore. We, we need to be real, okay? We need to be real with God. And actually, I've been told before once by another pastor, I've been told, do not pray in tongues, please. Because you're going to offend other Christians. Okay, so that is the compromise. You know, godlessness and deception has infiltrated the church. That's why we hear a lot about fallen preachers and leaders involved in fraud and sex scandals. Many are lost and succumb to the godlessness of the times. Satan is the prince of this world. And he is the master of lies and deception. 
and some even have publicly denied Christ. They say, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. Some actually have left their ministries and their wives and families have walked away from their faith together. This is nothing new because Jesus prophesied this in, in, in Matthew 24 and I will go there after, after this. What is happening is we are pursuing the blessing in, instead of the blessor. We must not be stiff-necked anymore because all of us here have been freed from Egypt, our past, our captivity. We are no longer the same person. The things that once make us happy and long for does not bring us the same satisfaction. Right? Yeah, we do not even, think about this, we do not even belong to this kingdom. So why are we trying to amass so many things? We can't bring it with us. Can you imagine your new car, brand spanking new? Oh, Jesus, wait, I bring my car with me to heaven. Jesus said, either you go up or you leave your car down below here. <laughs> Isn't it? Anyway, the, the streets up there are paved with gold. Oh, we can't have cars. It's going to pollute the gold, right? No cars up there. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think so. There's motorbikes too. Okay. And God's kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. It's not about merit and striving. It's about grace and intimacy. It's about putting Him first. And other things will fall into place. I'm like John. I like the word but. Everyone say but. But. Okay. But there is hope even in the darkness. Amen? This is not a message of doom and gloom, okay? It sounds a bit doomy before, but, but there is hope. Okay? He is our hope. Hallelujah? In every one of the story, there is hope. In these three stories, we learn there was a remnant who will remain loyal and righteous despite the godlessness around them. There is a remnant who will love God with all their hearts, souls and minds and consecrate themselves to Him. There is a remnant that will discern the time and will not conform to the culture of the generation. In the stories, it was Abraham Lot and Moses. And now in this story, it is us. We are the remnant. We are the chosen ones like Abraham and Moses who will be the watchmen on the wall. We are the ones who will fast and pray and intercede for our nations, okay? And for mercy and God's intervention. We are the ones. We are the remnant. All right? We are the ones who will walk by faith and not by sight. It might not be 
uh, very encouraging what we see in the natural. But we know that God is greater than what is outside. We see God's hand of favor and protection upon us. People will see the blessing of God upon us. They will be confounded and they will want to have what we have. What do we have? Jesus. They want that Jesus. I tell you, it's, it, it, it's amazing. You know, I'm not bragging, but um, like Pastor John, you know, from a, a background where he doesn't really, you know, have any other skills than play music. True? And look handsome and play music, right? And God can bless him, you know, with a career, with a business. Confounding, right? Without God, I don't know where he is. I probably won't even look at him. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> God confounds us. He does. He said, don't worry about, you know, the canker worms come in and have gnawed here and eaten here. I will heal every part. And that's what I see, even my own lives. And not heal. And then he pour abundant blessing on top of that. More, get more, more, okay? Not more materialism, but more of his blessing in so many ways, okay? <clears throat> okay, remember in the stories, God's wrath did not fall on the righteous. Did not fall on the righteous, but on the wicked. Okay? We must know God is always with us despite our circumstances. Okay? Even though um, God's wrath is going to come, but we are safe because we follow after him. I do believe that we are living at the tip of a knife's edge before Christ return. You know, the knife and we are at the very tip. We are living in interesting end times. Okay? All the, a lot of prophecies are for this time and we are living it and we are seeing it happen before our eyes. So strap in your belts, put your belts, and enjoy the ride. Enjoy it with Christ and with each other, not alone, with each other, okay? You do not want to be alone at this time. Who wants to be alone? Hands up. Okay, nobody. We need to lock arms with each one, okay, and do the journey together. It is very dangerous if you are a lone sheep at this time, okay, because the enemy is prowling, okay, away from the master and away from the flock, very dangerous, okay. Because we are certainly living in perilous times. That's why we need each other a lot. All right? 
So if you are a Lone Ranger, please come to church. I'm telling you, if you are a Lone Ranger, please join a church, some, a good church somewhere, all right? Because in Matthew 24, the disciples actually asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So I'm not going to read everything, but I'm just going to highlight some points. So God say, there are wars, rumors of wars, nations against nations, famines, pestilence, don't we know it, pestilence, earthquakes, tribulation, persecution, people will hate us, offense, betrayal, false prophets, great deceptions, lawlessness, love for many will grow cold. But God gave a promise, two promises. Number one, he who endures to the end will be saved. Okay? Our journey with God is not a sprint. Okay? It's not a hundred meters dash. Okay? It is a marathon. Okay? Till the end. And the second promise is the gospel will be preached to the ends of the world. And then the end will come. Okay? And God has told us that. Like what Pastor John preached today, we need revival. We need revi revival. We need the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow once more. Not only on our church, but on churches worldwide. A worldwide revival. We need a worldwide revival. And, and so that we will be revived, our nations will be revived, and the dry bones will come to life once more. We need a supernatural move from the Holy Spirit for transformation, for reformation. I know it's sovereign, only God can do it. But you know what? He's asked us to partner with Him. Okay? He doesn't want to do it by himself. He wants us to partner with him. I would like to just end with this prophetic word that God gave me even as I was seeking him. And this is what God said to us as his people. My people must never fear when they see storm clouds rolling in. Their hearts must be steadfast and strong even in the face of danger. I will strengthen and put courage into their hearts to withstand every onslaught of the enemy. The enemy will not touch my people. I will not allow it. They will be safe under my protection unless they've decided to walk away. I will never forsake my people. Tell my people that I'm with them always, lo, even to the end of the age. And then he confirmed it in 1 Chronicles 28.20. 20. And David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. So today, 
Um, I believe the worship team is coming up. If you need prayer, if your house is not in order, I want to pray for you. If you feel you are not ready, if Jesus were to come back this minute, I want to pray for you. If there are some idols or strongholds that has uh, ensnared you, I want to pray for you. If you need strengthening and courage, I want to pray for you. If you need direction, I want to pray for you. Praise the Lord. Okay, I'm going to pray for the people who are watching. Lord, I just thank you for this word, God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God. Uh, Lord, we ask for revival in hearts today. Holy Spirit, blow upon them. Let the dry bones come back to life. Lord, we prophesy and declare it. Lord, let there be a worldwide revival, God. And anyone who is watching this from other places, overseas, international, uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you just touch them right now, God. Father, I pray, God, for healing of hearts, healing of families, God. Father, I pray for directions in their life. Lord, I pray if there is idolatry and compromise, God, I pray that you will convict them, God. Father, that they will come to you and, and uh, ask for forgiveness, God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God. Father, Lord, that you will... Um, uh, Lord, just take over our hearts, God. Let us surrender totally to you, not by might, not by power, but by your Spirit, says the Lord. Father, we surrender to you tonight, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.